podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. We're here. We're going to talk to you guys about Picard, Season 1, Episode 10, Latin, Latin, Part 2. It's the culmination of all we have been leading to. Jean-Luc Picard in space. Jean-Luc Picard under house arrest. Jean-Luc Picard... uh, Passed out on the floor. It is every kind of Picard you could want. And with that, I shall answer the following question. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yep. Don't want to waste the last nine weeks. <laughs> there we go. That was good. It, in Arcadia Ego translates to, I too lived in Arcadia. I, too, am present in Arcadia. Yeah. I mean, that's probably where the writer's room was. In Arcadia? (laughs) Just just like, what if we called it this? They were all big Joan of Arcadia fans. They just wanted to drop a little reference Bring it back, CBS. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I am... Excited. I'm wondering what people had to say about episode nine. And we got a lot of. I know. Uh, I know you have a. Uh, you have a conflicted. Um, um, a cl- conflicted relationship with the Hales and the uh, President Circle um, communiques, uh, subspace messages. But uh, we got a lot of opinions, and I wanted to. This being my op- the final episode of Picard, I wanted them to have their say. My- but first, we have to go into the Admirals Club. I know, but I just want to say my opinion. That Sung is lore, I feel like. (sighs) I feel like it was intentional misdirection to make him seem evil, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Why you would. Intentional misdirection or bad. Had an interesting turn and then leave it alone. (laughs) Have an interesting turn. You introduce someone to be evil and then a half episode later he's not evil. That's not introducing someone to be evil. That's not a misdirect. Well, it's a misdirect in that he kind of seemed shifty in the previous episode. It seemed like he was aligned with, uh, who's the non-Soji Dodge one? Uh, Sutra. Sutra. Yeah. They seemed like he was aligned with her, and then he wasn't. Well, we've got a lot to discuss, Andy. Here we (laughs) go. Oops. No. We're still, we're entering. (laughs) For those of you who, uh, who are not clued in, Matt uh, Matt is now at the controls of my sound cue board as well as all the other controls. So he's basically being Picard in this episode, I, trying to run the ship. I'm just I say to myself, I just hope I was paying attention when Andy was doing this. <laughs> we we know he wasn't because Andy wasn't paying much attention either. Uh, all right, we're in the Admirals Club. Everybody, you can get in here by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. It's all you got to do, and uh, you could be welcomed into the club. Who's our first entry? Our first and only entry is from Grammar Nazi, 
And uh, he or she says, wow, you guys really hate Picard. And uh, and the bulk of the uh, message is, this has to be the only podcast that spends two hours vilifying a TV episode that's less than an hour long. Five stars. Yeah, that's all. That's true. We spend way more time than it takes to actually watch the episode talking about it. We have definitely become what we hate the, uh, the meeting place for people who are disappointed in this series <laughs> it wasn't our intention we were we were open and excited well that to me just feels like we're we've become the meeting place for people who are like ourselves which is a bunch of real sad angry star trek viewers <laughs> sad angry what sad, sad angry star trek viewers yeah uh, um, all right. If that was that, let's, let's head over to the president's circle, Andy. All right. The United Federation of Planets President's Circle. Want to tell them about the uh, president's circle, Matt? I'll do it all. Here we go, everybody. You could be in the president's circle. All you got to do is support us on Patreon at the president's club level, and uh, you could be welcomed in and awarded a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. What is that? Well, it's pretty much just sending us a message regarding anything, and we will read it on the show, and you will get a medal, a virtual medal. Um... Uh, you, we will select from uh, uh, all the messages that are um, that are at the president's level. Really, it's it's open to lieutenants and presidents. Uh, lieutenants being uh, the five dollar level. I, um, I, and I was not aware of that. I think well, they should. The Christopher get. Pike Medal of Valor is only available to the to the uh, the president. Well, that's what we're the talking president about. Circle. Yes. Oh, thank God. Um, I just was like, uh, we don't have enough medals. We don't have enough medals, that's for sure. We have a limited amount because we're, like in Voyager, this is still in debate because we just watched the first episode, they have a limited amount that they can replicate. This is my memory? I don't remember. We're not that far in yet. But on a side note, uh, we just started watching Voyager uh, in the President's Circle, if you're interested. Um, it's going to be where it just uh, did Caretaker, episodes one and two. Um, so if you want to jump ahead, because really it'll like probably be, episode. Matt figured out, about four and a half years into the future of TNC, if we ignore the fact that we we uh, we have stretches where we can't do more than one a month of our regular show, and if you ignore all the new Star Trek content. So really, it probably is more like seven years. So if you want to jump ahead seven years, it's like a trip in the future. Voyager now. Go ahead. I said it's like a trip in the future. Exactly. Uh, instead of a trip across the universe, which is what Voyager is about. Um, and then at just the lieutenant's the galaxy, level, uh, we're going to be starting Enterprise in just a couple of days. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you're more excited about that than Matt is. Anyway, here are President's Circle subspace messages. Uh, the first is from our uh, frequent uh, writer in uh, Cosmo Moore, Lieutenant Commander, uh, who says, uh, and this is regarding this episode... I included some thoughts about this episode, uh, just because it's the last episode of Picard. Me. Oh, cool. An old school Borg cube. This is going to be so cool. Use the tractor beam. Oh, a fucking plant got it and made it crash. That's it? What the hell was that? What the hell was the point? Sad face. Um, because that was from the previous one. Uh, from Lieutenant Catherine Novacek. 
Uh, I like to think that there's two parts to the ep because the synths, because we were debating why is there a part one and a part two yep. in a serialized Star Trek show. I like to think oh, there's God. two parts to the ep because the synths, go ahead. Because the synths are made in pairs, so you think they went ahead and decided to make it a part one and part two? That's what she says. Like. But she says, but the show has not proven itself to be that clever. Oh, uh, thank you, and take a medal. That was that you saved that comment. Yeah, the the medals are in a bowl by the door. Yep. Take one on the take way out. Take one on the way out. Uh, thank you. <laughs> with the only one with, with the next to the chocolate fondue. And don't forget to Lysol wipe your hands. Thank you. Oh yes. Uh, a couple of questions. Why does the planet not have any planetary defenses? I'm not counting those flowers. They're obviously getting supplies from somewhere. They can't whip up some turrets? And why, considering that the beings that made uh, admonition are from hundreds of thousands of years ago, uh, cough the Prometheans from Mass Effect, cough, mm-hmm. uh, does anyone think that they can correctly interpret the message? I think Sutra can't read it either and is just using this as an excuse to kill all humans. I agree slash severely hope that it's that's really lore. If not, maybe Sung Sr. based Lore's personality off of his twitchy, untrustworthy son <laughs> who never existed before now. <laughs> My husband has come to the conclusion that this series is a uh, Jacob's Ladder. None of it has happened. Picard's just lying in a hospital bed somewhere coming in and out of dementia. It would explain why we've only seen some of the crew, uh, but not all, and why no one knows what Picard's been doing for the last 14 years, and why he hasn't been acting like himself. But we got one ep left, ep left to turn it all around. Right, guys? That's right. right. We have an ep left. To turn um, it all around. It was, I, I kind of uh, thought that it might be ending up there. Uh, where where Catherine is pointing because of uh, the presence of the inner light theme in the in the opening credits that this might all be a uh, uh, an illusion you're on Picard's part. Giving it too much behalf. credit again, part. Andy. Huh? You're giving the Say show again? more credit than it. What that is you're, is the someone who whoever did the score to the show was hired yeah. and and they said here's the list of Picard episodes you should watch. And then he's like, ooh, a flute. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to use that theme. He plays that in a couple of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. Guaranteed that's it. You think it. that's it? Yeah. It wasn't like it's... some overarching story theme. It wasn't thematic to that. It was just like, what tune is associated with the captain? I guess it's sort of this flute run. I mean, I guess uh, you... You could tie it into the illusion part by Picard by this last sequence with Data and Picard in the simulation, oh. but that's that in and of itself is so tacked on. I, I I have a lot to say about it. Okay, I look forward to it. All right, uh, the great and terrible Lizak writes us. Uh, why so many secrets? Why were Dodge and Soji's memories blocked before they went on their missions? As androids, they should have been able to get. Uh, where they needed to be without being tricked into believing they were human. The mission was already known to be dangerous, and they both would have been able to protect themselves better if they hadn't, if they didn't have the knowledge uh, that they were in danger suppressed. Well, also, if the Romulans are hundred, do you want got something? Well, I'll answer that question. And as far as I can tell, I think that Maddox, those Soji and Dodge being the culmination of his uh, artificial life creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he never wanted them to know that they were androids. I think he was so, hoping they would go out, find out what they needed to find out, and he would get the information from a download 
that happens during their phone call with their fake mother. And that they would meanwhile live happy yeah. human lives. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. That's what I hope. It, but there's, to the great and terrible is point, there's a lot of weight put on Soji and Dodge and what they're doing and what the subterranean motivations are and what everybody's trying to get out of them. So to set them up as such giant linchpins of the plot and then have it be, but he just sent them out in the world because he wanted them to act human Look, and live their lives. Andy, we never yes. got to see Captain Crandall. That's a huge point. They really leaned into Crandall. Oh, my God. No Crandall. What the F? Where's Crandall? Why was there so much time spent on Crandall? I don't know. I want I want to know. So crazy. By the way, I, I, fucking, I need to talk about this. Hurry up. What's next? Okay, okay, okay. Also, if the Romulans are 100% genuinely, genuinely convinced by the admonition uh, that creating synthetic life will be absolutely... Uh, will absolutely lead to all, the end of all organic life. Why not tell everyone? If you think that ever, not everyone can handle it, why not invite every species capable of creating sentient life to send representatives to witness the admonition? We don't need everyone to see it and go insane, but who are the toughest marine types in Starfleet? Invite them to see. Or Section 31 if you want to stay being spies about it. These are all really good points. Uh, Lauren Greeson. Oh, man. Lauren Gleason, the donkey prey, says, uh, hey, guys, I just wanted to say thank you uh, for the wonderful Picard podcast. I work in the defense industry, so I still have to go to work every day in spite of the California lockdown. Listening to your podcast makes my commute so much better. Uh, I just wanted to say Godspeed to you, Lauren. Uh, Stay safe. And uh, I think you may have told us before, or maybe you said you weren't allowed to say, but I do wonder what you do in the defense industry. Um... Lieutenant Kathleen Guzman says, uh, since Spot 2 is synthetic, does that make him hypoallergenic? Oh, for sure. Also, would either of you make synthetic versions of Bo or Omar? Do you think that they would have the same personality as the originals? Well, I think if Dr. Gerardi's around, we can download Bo's neural patterns into the android Bo, and I'd be 100% for it. What would you change in his behavior? Nothing. Nothing. I'd want it to be Bo. I don't want it to be some weird... Yeah not my dog yeah yeah that's that's pretty much uh how i feel about it um although i wouldn't mind making him kind of like a super omar and he could kind of you know what would levitate and jump off walls and and uh but like defeat my enemies have omar's personality so you have to then contend with the fact that he can float <laughs> it's true i don't know if i would want omar <laughs> to have really, superpowers i would idea. not i would not get the better end of that I, omar would Without question, if he had an android super strength and power, he would break out of the house in an instant. All he wants to do is go did outside. I, did I tell you this? That I was ta- I was talking to Dory last night about the current state of things and this lockdown. Yeah. And I was saying to her how I, it feels to me like I made a wish on a Zoltar at the beach or something. <laughs> or found a genie's lamp because I, I would have wished for this. And because it's a genie, it's still going to fuck with me. And and it's like, you get your wish, but it also comes with all these terrible side effects. So, like, I wish... I, my brain is like... I, I probably was like, I wish that I had no social obligations and never had to see anyone or leave my house. And then the genie was like, your wish is granted. And then created this pandemic... <laughs> It's so, 
It's so fair. <laughs> it's so true. It's like, oh, it's everything I wanted. Oh, no, there's also a pandemic, but it's everything I wanted. <laughs> well, you'll be happy for a little while. And yep, but then I you realize that genie was... the pandemic hole. That genie was Everybody's fucking doing great. with us. Um, for the moment, Matt and I still have pizza, so... We're oh, not in the I'm, apocalypse yet. I'm long out. Uh, oh, you're out? Oh, yeah. And three pizzas. It, buddy. We've been on quarantine for two weeks, Andy. What, what you telling me it's going to take me more than a week to eat three pizzas? I've been I've been partitioning out my I've been rationing out my my ice cream and my pizza. Uh, I wish I was better about rationing. So, um, but that genie knew tr- I wouldn't be good at it. <laughs> That's why he did. Damn it. you, genie! Lieutenant Troy Ray writes us. This is not a sequel to TNG, and that is a quote from Alex Kurtzman. Yep. Uh, the Romulans are right. Who are the xenophobes? Who gave in to fear? Who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? What's the right choice? If there is no correct choice and no good guys, then what's the better option? The Star Trek option that appeals to intellect and compassion and curiosity? I think the show was something else. It was a different Star Trek show or even sci-fi story with the characters Agnes Rios, Rafi and Soji, maybe even Narek and Narissa. It was a different show about the dystopian rise of the machines that we've seen so many times before. I think that was the show, but it needed a little more oomph, and so Patrick Stewart was added. And when Patrick Stewart came along, he got his input into the story, which is reflected uh, in the speeches Picard has been giving in the show. The rise of fear and xenophobia, the retreat into isolationism, stuff like that. Two concepts were shoehorned together into Star Trek Picard, and that's why things are a little wonky. That's why it looks like Picard is a befuddled old man. He's not. He's just in a different show from everyone else. And the showrunners mock us. They are mocking the fans and destroying the character Picard. Every character in the show, with the exception of Rios and Agnes, castigate Picard, tear him down, and put him in his place. The showrunners don't like the idea of, a diff- of difficult moral questions being raised and answered in convenient 44-minute chunks. Life is not a TV show, and they think Star Trek is cheesy. They do not believe uh, John Luke Picard is a diplomat who uses reason, compassion, and compromise to solve problems. They believe he's a delusional and arrogant. Del- they believe he's delusional and arrogant, prone to moral posturing. They don't like his iconic, stirring, and inspirational speeches that make you think about both sides and consider a better way. The writers told us in the episode, Broken Pieces, Admiral Card, with all due respect, and at long last, shut the fuck up. Um, That's a really good summation. I don't buy it. You don't think that they're they're even consciously against the simplicity of the Picard approach? No. you know, I know that the show was created very much with love and reverence for the character, and uh, yeah. I know that uh, a lot of the people working there have love and reverence for the character. I think yeah. what we're caught up in is a situation where it's, you know, a sci-fi show in 2020, and uh, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, including my own as a Star Trek brand but as a sci-fi show on its own sure yeah it has all these other people and Picard but realistically what are you gonna I mean what are you gonna do I don't know I'm not sure what your point is there it's it's not a good sci-fi show even if it's right a different sci-fi show my point is it's not it's not uh, I don't know what my point is I'm so lost (laughs) You're still, you're still, you're still uh, dealing with the trauma of this series, aren't you? Well, I mean, I, <laughs> the disappointment. I, 
liked a lot about the episode. You know, we'll get we'll get to it in a second. Well, We're almost wait, done. Wait, what is this? How many things have we got here? We gotta go hails got, now. Look, I tried I to close a lot of circle. a lot of these hails that are sort of uh, representative of, because, like, the thing that Troy just said, a lot of other people wrote in the same thing that they sort of feel like the showrunners were trying to make a larger point about not being on the side of Picard as a character at all, even from the beginning. I kind of agree with you that I don't think that was in their head, no. but that is the effect. Well, anyway, it, but no, because we see at the end of the series that that's. Not, right, then he that, does that, give a speech. And, f- yeah, They ended the series the way I wanted them to end the series, which was not a space battle, a bunch of speeches. Like, literally, yeah. I asked for that, and they gave it to me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you. It's, I don't know, let's just keep moving. Uh, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, uh, hope you're staying safe, buddy, uh, says, since Spock could mind meld with machines, perhaps it is fair that a machine can mind meld. I don't know what episode of I don't TOS remember. that was. I know he mind-melded with a silica-based life form. You know, that little blob that, looked, that, like, the Horda? that looked like plastic uh, vomit. Yep, yep, yep. Sure. Uh, good pull, Secunda. I did it. Um, that is it for the president circle. If you want to step out into the hallway. Oh, sure. Yeah. Let's do that. And, and here Open we up go. the hail bag. A couple of hails. Captain, we are being hailed. Data was saying that from inside the simulation. Um, Sung didn't have a child from Tobias Hughes-Brown, who says, Hey, episode Inheritance, Data's mother says they didn't have any children. Sounds like a lie more lore ha- might make up, Toby. It does. I mean, it all points to that. It, like, it, it, just, it points to people who read most of the book. Like, What book? Star Trek. Like I'm just calling, I'm referring to this seven seasons of TNG as a book. I see, gotcha. And they read yeah. most of it, right? But they skipped a couple episodes. Apparently, that weirdly had a lot them. to do with Sung. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Alfred, Alfredo Marinera uh, writes us: How much better would the show be if you replaced Rafi with Jordy? <laughs> Wait, tell me more about this. Does Raf? Does Jordy have a drug problem? <laughs> That's a really good question. Uh, is, does he say babe a lot? Does Jordy... <laughs> I can see it as progression of where Jordy would end up. Does Jordy um, not, know, like, speak with his child? Yeah. Let's talk about... I actually wouldn't talk, mind that either. Let's talk about that I wouldn't thread. mind that Jordy has a kid and then he's, he was more obsessed with his engineering work. Let's, he didn't know how to handle a human. Let's talk so about... Was, well, one, he had a bad relationship with him. One of Jordy's kids is in Starfleet Academy by this time, according to All Good Things. Um... But oh. let's talk about the fact that that was another thread that got pulled for no reason. Rafi's the, Rafi's the son. Rafi with the kid? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess next year it allows us the opportunity for her for her son to be like, I forgive you. You weren't crazy. We're, now that we're getting into it, it, it's like they're just... The whole purpose of spending all this time with these characters is as though this is a 10-episode pilot yes. where you're setting up these characters for future episodes. Yeah. But we don't care about these characters. Well, that's not... I mean, that's, I don't think that's fair. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Well, minimally, you should take this long to set them up before you do right. something with them. Yeah. Or do nothing with them. Yes. Yes. And also, like, every time there was... <laughs> when can we talk? Go. Read the next tale. Okay, okay. Michael Rossi says, are the Borg not considered synthetic life? It seems the thing that really defines the Borg are their distinctive tech and their distributed intelligence, both of which are artificial. The only non-synthetic thing about them are the beings they assimilate. Otherwise, they're just hardware and network. So why are the Telshiar not exercised by a whole cube full of Borg? Thanks again for the great podcast, Romulan AI. Uh, Because the Borg are cyborgs. They are cyborgs, but he's right that they're... They basically should have the same threat to Yeah, the but they're not an artificial intelligence. They're a collective organic intelligence. Isn't it tech-driven, though? It's collective organic intelligence, though. There's no, there's no neural net processor. I'm sorry, that's fucking... What is that? That's, that's Terminator. That's Voyager. There's no positronic net oh. yeah. in the... Well, maybe there is. I don't know. I didn't watch enough of season six and seven of Voyager. Well, I, as, they far, as soon as they the introduced the queen, I was kind of disappointed anyway. Maybe for exactly the reason you're saying. I didn't think they should have been organic. I thought they should have been artificial. Yeah. Anyway, tell us your opinions. Uh, David Chiefitz, I hope but I'm saying that right, But they couldn't have been organic. Here's what I'm saying, though. If you are have a species that you can remove from the collective, uh-huh. like Jean-Luc Picard wasn't automatically an android. I mean, he is now, but he wasn't when he was Locutus. He was beamed back aboard the ship, and the parts were removed from him, and he was Picard. That's that's why I think the Borg are not synthetic life. I think they're full beings. Mm-hmm. And the central intelligence, I don't know if you know the answer to this, comes from the queen or who? From everyone. What? From every being that they assimilate. You're saying it as Their though mind, I'm being an idiot. But the queen is her own no, uh, her own no, no, intelligence, no. it seems. It seems. It's unclear. It's never written correctly. But well, we will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. The biological distinctiveness is their collective consciousness. They're, all of their brains are in there. Yeah. So it's all organic. I'm what I'm saying is the artificial intelligence aspect of the Romulans why am I arguing with an email (laughs) I don't know you're just uh, you're illuminating the point but you know what's going to happen is people are going to write in and they're going to say what they think the uh, the answer is so we'll just wait for that Uh, David Chiefitz says, Dear Andy and Matt, I truly enjoy listening to you both shitting on TNG. I thought this was an interesting turn because he sent two emails. Yeah. Because it's hilarious and done mostly out of love. I must admit my first reaction toward the first episode of Picard was profound disappointment. In fact, I think your review let it off sort of easy. But now, as he wrote this at four episodes in, I'm fully on board and really enjoying all the good moments in the show while freely mocking the evil erotic twins, JL repeatedly being scolded, and other silly stuff. Now, I'm one of those people who thinks you are perhaps being overly harsh. I suspect you are both pros in the industry. Uh, Because you are both pros in the industry, you are naturally more critical of story structure, etc., than us plebs. I guess I wanted to say, I hope you guys come around to enjoying Picard more, and I hope you, uh, as obviously you do, uh, that the show ends up paying off big time for all of us. In the meantime, I'm certainly loving the ride. Thanks for the great pod. 
Um, and then he says, P.S. I can't believe uh, Matt doesn't think that post seven Voyager was exceptionally good Trek. But then uh, he writes, and uh, this is later, and uh, here I am eating my words. I could not have foreseen that during the penultimate episode, I would be throwing my hands up in the air and shouting WTF multiple times during nearly every scene. I'm speechless. On the bright side, thank you for continuing to provide excellent pod during this conundrum. Stay well. That's it. That's it for the hail bag. You're done with your, uh, with your uh, ordeal. If you'd like to send a hail to us, send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com or you can uh, call into 516-TREK-TNC. Gentlemen, uh, on the other side of town is at Matt Myra on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Andrew Secunda on Instagram and at Secunda on Twitter. Uh, it's relative, right? We're on the same side of town. You're you're on the oh. other side of town to me, but we're really lives, in the same. Someone side who, of leaves, town. who lives like in Silver Lake <laughs> is like, oh, they're on the same side of town. Well, you're on the you're on the half. You're on the other half of the, this. That it's like if you split the town down the middle, I'd be on one half and you'd be on the other half. But we're pretty close to each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, guys, let's uh, do this. Let's talk about part two of. Uh, Picard, episode 10. Where do we even begin? Andy, help me. Well, um, I mean, my first note is the Soji, the Soji discussion with Picard where she he's telling her to basically make a different choice. It's a lack of imagination, he says. Yes. Uh, your first note I, is that. What about that, Andy? I don't know. I guess that uh, just because I, I, you know, I'm probably going to be being very animated in my critiques of this episode. Um, I will start with, I think that Soji makes a, a, a reasonable point that it's like Picard's basically asking her to put the choice whether to kill the synths in the hands of these people that have already proven themselves to not be on their side and not give a crap about them. Yeah, but that's also Picard going. Don't fucking trust Romulans. Don't don't think that Romulans speak for everybody. Well, the humans weren't exactly on their side either because of a Romulan plot. Yeah, and or ploy. Yeah, but even with that having happened, they already had thirty. How many years? How many decades of data being? Uh, an honorable uh, it was uh, what uh, 27 years something like that 20 something years yeah an honorable they had yes they had one that person saved lives yes. at every turn I will say this you know the Ryman plan was pretty good because you have someone who's the chief of security for Starfleet right yeah. on the inside who can sway a lot of people and you have yeah you have 20 years of data service to Starfleet but that's one android all, right. all uh, the only other thing you know is Data had an evil brother who they had to keep in cold storage at the fucking Federation. Right, I guess that's fair. And then, they're, they're and then all of the synths on Mars attacked. Yeah, that's all they know of synthetics. Yeah, you know. Well, whatever the case, that all adds up to why would they, tr- why would they trust or side with the synths? So I think that Soji's point is valid. Um. Really, I guess my main point is, 
It's like when Picard gives the speech. I don't know what we're supposed to From feel. Time, In the yeah. last episode, when Picard gives the speech of, uh, they will listen to me. I will tell them that they should save you and they should listen to you. And it's just like, I don't know if we're supposed to feel like, what is this old man talking about? Because that's how it feels. Yeah, it's weird because like you pound into our heads as an audience that the Federation is no longer really listening to Picard. And he's in this mess because uh, they wouldn't listen to him with the Romulan thing. And you don't know what side, even if the Federation or Starfleet is essentially still good at its core, there are so many different angles to it because the show seems to be approaching it with a, you know, to the, to the point of that hail, a, a more like real world, like everything's gray kind of approach. It's like, I wouldn't have any faith that Starfleet was going to be old school Starfleet. I don't know that I would have faith that old school Starfleet would with all the admirals acting so weird in TNG. Well, it's like we don't know what happened in the interim years. You know, we, I don't know. You okay? It's a problem with a time jump, really. <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. <laughs> so you didn't, uh, we, we, any thoughts on... Uh, Narissa somehow being back on the board cube after getting beamed out at the end of the last episode. Oh, it's a really good point. Like what the fuck? I mean, was I that? knew that I was just like, wait, where was she? What happened to her? She was beamed out. Maybe she was just beamed to her hiding place. Oh, like an emergency transport beam to uh-huh. her hiding place. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I assume that that's. I assume they're implying that she had never left. I don't think that they're implying that huh. she had left and then come back. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. You're welcome. I'll allow it. Um, I don't know that I feel good about that explanation. I'm just saying. Well, it's like many things on the show. We have to sort of guess. Put a phaser to my head and get it over with. Because I'd miss you. So, <laughs> Elnor and Seven seem to have become fast friends. Yeah. Uh, Narissa asks uh, Narek if, if she he's fucked any of the synths. No, but he's killed one. I like that we're still at episode ten, and we're, and we're still like, what? What's? What are we supposed to think about these two? <laughs> are we supposed to be rooting for the brother and sister to get together? Like, what are we? I think. What are we thinking? <laughs> I don't know what we're rooting for. I don't know. Here we go. Let's uh. Do we need to? Oh, here, I'll play that. Try to see this from our point of view. You choose if we live. You choose if we die. You choose. We have no choice. You organics have never given us one. To say you have no choice is a failure of imagination. Please. Don't let the Romulans turn you into the monsters they fear. Stop them, Sochi. Stop building that beacon. Shut it down now. The beings you are attempting to summon may well be your salvation, but they will be our annihilation. Um... So that's that. It's also interesting that no one questions this prophecy. No one questions the prophecy in the sense of everyone just it goes, seems oh, very you're magical. Obviously, 
you're obviously contacting a, a, a an advanced AI that's going to come here and kill us all. Like that meaning, like they don't question it. Like that's obviously what's happening to everybody. <laughs> Th- that is, they're they they they're everyone is dealing with this situation. I think from top to bottom, as though Soji is holding a gun pointed at the universe. No one questions whether the gun exists or not. Yes. Yeah. And the gun is based on a vision from hundreds of thousands of years ago. Yes, but I don't have a hard time buying that whole, like, uh, oh, organic life has trouble communicating with this advanced thing. I'll try. Oh, it said this. Like, okay. Of all the things no, it's in not, this it's- series, that is not something I don't. Like, I buy that everyone on this show, character-wise, is like, oh, that's fucking what's going to happen here. That's that's bad. Like, that, that's Why? a buy to me. Why do you buy that? Because you have the mind meld of Gerardi. Yeah. Uh, Gerardi tells Picard what she saw. You have the entire Jatvash saying there's this thing it spells doom for all of us this is how it will spell doom for all of us then you go to these androids the androids take a look at this thing and go oh yes that's what will happen but we can be saved by these ai's like i don't care that's fine <laughs> okay i i find it it, it a strange thing to build every single let's person's fucking, motivation. Not on. even f- let's forget that, right? For just a Kay. second, let's just put that aside and let's talk about this fucking sonic screwdriver they all of a sudden have. Well, that was another thing. What I was the get fuck sure. is that? Did I miss that in a previous episode? I think somebody gave it to them. Who? Sutra? No, not Sutra. Uh, Saga. Saga gave it to them. What? I think Saga is the one that got killed. I don't they remember her that out at she, all. She died. Uh, I don't even. You don't have to solve that. Yeah, I, I had trouble remembering that too. And it's and it just fixes things because you think of a solution. It's such a giant MacGuffin to fucking it's throw not a MacGuffin. in there in the ninth it's a plot episode. Convenience. Huh? It's a plot convenience. It's not a MacGuffin. It's like well, the plot a, can't. A MacGuffin move. is a plot convenience to a certain degree, but I agree with you. Yeah. It's one step further. They're not looking it's just, for it. They have it. Right. It's a, it's not even a MacGuffin. <laughs> it's just a solution. It's a literal out of nowhere. Yeah. Fucking convenient plot thing. It really bummed me out. But I had that two different things are they fix. What's the ship called? They fix the La Serena, and then they make the thing so that Picard can project four hundred La Serenas. So dumb. I eat my soul. Well, luckily, you don't have soul. <laughs> what does it do? Like, how do I even? Well, when Saga gave it to me, she said you have to use your imagination. Oh, she said that. Mm-hmm. It's about imagination again. I don't. There's a theme of imagination, Matt. I don't remember that happening. It must have happened, and I just blanked out. Anyway, so you use your imagination, and this tool can do anything it wants. By the way, this tool now, they have it on the ship. So the ship is now proof. Like, it's it's everything proof. Right. Because this wrench, this sonic screwdriver, now exists. Wow. 
Uh, He's a Simpson fan. <laughs> Nothing that makes any sense. The ship powers back on. So dumb. But it like only powers back on to be taken later by Picard. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't know. This really is a remarkable act of self-sacrifice on your part. I suppose that's what mothers do, isn't it? That, the, that turn away that Spiner did, does yeah. there, the way he's performing that. Yeah. That made me go, oh, he's not evil. Yeah. I just was like, oh, you just you just played it real weird at the top, and now you're not evil at all. I think they really were trying to lean into him possibly being evil. There's no way that wasn't part of what they were trying to communicate and then misdirect. I just don't know why they were doing that. I, I could, And then I guess it's like in their heads, that makes it a surprise. But it's not a surprise. Also, um, having Agnes Gerardi, she convinces them that she's on their side and then she backstabs them like i'm fine with that in and of itself except to me it's a it's a huge buy that these that these people that are ready to destroy humanity would believe her in the first place the only reason i sort of bought it was that i was kind of like oh i guess the plot is just deciding that she's now reconnected to them because she's seen how beautiful they are so I'll buy this thing that they're going to believe her, even though that's completely insane. Well, but then after you change it and say, nah, she was just tricking them. Then I was like, well, then why did they believe it? It doesn't make any well, sense. Well, my buy on that is that the uh, androids seem to always have a very uh, childlike, childlike perspective. perspective and trust their so-called quote-unquote parents. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so when this woman comes, who, in for all intents and purposes of this, you know, planet, is their mother, quote unquote, they're probably like they believe her, and also yeah. they can look at her and, te- you know, with responses or whatever, decide whether or not she's lying. Remember when what's her face does that sutra? Eh. Uh... Yeah, but then how did she pull that off? I mean, she's an emotional wreck. Who knows? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> By the way, it's very unclear to me what happens with Narek in this episode. Yeah. Like, is he oh, on board? I don't understand. He believes the prophecy. Yeah. And then, like, it seems like he... Did, did I? Did, do I miss anything with him? Because it seems like he's not in the show after... Uh, after they get in the compound? In the compound. Like, you know how they're, like, breaking into the compound because they're going to put some grenades on the uh, thing? Yes. After the 24-minute mark, uh, Narek's gone. Right. We never see him again. That's after they break into the compound? Yeah. Uh, maybe they're saving him for something. For what? Later. The show's over. In, in the next season. Well, the show's not over, unfortunately. I don't know. Okay, what's your next note? 
Um, I am the Narek thing. They have him talking to him talking to them, and and then they cut away, and then they and he's like basically starting to explain, and then they cut back, and it seems seemingly hours later, and they're sitting around yeah. a fire. Just a weird time cut, and it's night. Well, yeah, like it's why like, they couldn't what do. What have it? they been talking about since the last thing he said? So many things, right? I guess all the all the all the people he killed uh, along the way. I don't know. Like, uh, also, you know what else is a little bit like I'm confused by? What? It's never clearly illustrated to me how this android dies. The android got stabbed in the eye. <laughs> yeah, this has been bothering you. It's an android. It uh-huh. got stabbed in the eye. Human beings can get stabbed in the eye and live. Well, I think in this episode, it sort of implies that um, Sutra stabbed her in the eye with the specific device and disconnected her. I, I don't think it's a device. Android I think way. it's a fucking brooch. It's a hummingbird brooch. <laughs> the end. Well, whatever whatever it was, she she had more android abilities to disconnect her through the eye than but the Narek would but have. You're telling me Soon can't put her back together? Well, I get that is a thing that is being implied here. But maybe he's not. That's not his main focus. Maybe his main focus. He's the is body sort of, guy. Maddox is the brain guy. They said that in the last episode. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's just. I don't know. It's just that's a nitpick, but also annoying. And they've spent so long with the uh, what's her face getting the eye out. Yeah. Good thing she didn't come along then. I don't like you. No? How do you feel about Gamadan? Because if we waste any more time fighting each other, we will all die, and then whether or not you like me will matter even less. Well, oh, hold on. <laughs> what is Gamadan? What is the story? It's just that. A story. A story of the end. Of? Everything. Like Ragnarok or Judgment Day. An ancient myth. Some say it dates back from long before our ancestors first arrived on Vulcan. The story of Gamadan begins with two sisters. Twin... Uh, by the way, I thought they started on Vulcan and then left Vulcan. Now the ancestors arrived on Vulcan. Unless they're talking about it's proto-humans. I don't know. And it's Damn funny it. that they structured the whole thing to be like this weird... This weirdly structured dialogue where he's half assuming that they know it. <laughs> It seems like it would have been much more elegant just to have him tell the story. Yeah, but you have Elnor there, and you got to assume Elnor knows that he was raised by nuns. Yeah, but he's assuming that the others know Twin it, too. Also, come at the end of time. Why, what does this have to do with anything? We already know that the about the admonition. Are you just fleshing it out more? Who yeah. cares? It's, like, uh, completely unnecessary. We know that... We know that there's a prophecy in Romulan uh, religion... Or mythology that says uh, AIs came and came to advance. Then another larger AI came and destroyed all living life. Yet we're yeah. we're here somehow still. But point is, it's kind it's kind of the same thing they've been doing for nine episodes of repeating exposition, except they they got a little bit fancier here and they put the same exposition in a mythological context. Yeah, they really peppered in. And then I how crazy was the act break here? 
What was it? I don't remember. It's a f- four seconds on the Romulan ship. Like you're watching the fire. History oh, you just see the ship itself. and then she's standing on the bridge and that's it. Yeah, thunder rumbling. I'm reading the. I'm reading the. Uh, thing of the jiggies to you. Then we now see the Robin Warbird. At last, and Commodore our O great says work this. Is nearly at an end. The end. That's it. That's the act break. So what strange. a weird. I mean, that's, and so that's ten seconds. That's ten seconds. So like Flash Gordon movie serial villain weird moment. I, I'm so confused. <laughs> I mean, I'm not confused. I'm not confused. It's not confusing. Disappointing. <laughs> basic. Yeah, basic. That's that's the explanation, or that's the intended for those orchids. And now the transmitter is our target of opportunity. Okay, ho- hold on, hold on. <laughs> How exactly are we planning on getting ourselves back into Synthville? We walk in the front door. Hey, hi. <laughs> How are we going to do that? By bringing them the Romulan secret agent that killed their beloved saga. So they go back. They get in. They keep a grenade and a soccer ball. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We have to hurry. I was there was a there was a terrifying moment there, and frankly, it wouldn't have been that out of place with anything else. <laughs> where I thought he was gonna launch it <laughs> at the uh, at the uh, the thing by kicking it. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, that would have really. It, it would have been great if he did like one of those like bouncing it on his knee and doing tricks, and then he did by a, the way, a bicycle kick. <laughs> yeah, that would have been way more effective. <laughs> what is this? I'm busting you out. I honestly thought I was the worst secret agent ever, but I'm starting to believe I may have a gift. Now, where are we going? Back to La Serena. Come on, we've got to move while they're still distracted. Synthetic matrix complete. Ready to receive neural engrams. It's like her being pleased that she's a good secret agent is... It's like... I, I want to enjoy that. Again, Alison Pill delivers it charmingly, but it's like... You're a murderer. <laughs> I'm not on your side. <laughs> Honestly, like they, Picard should have said, set in a course at the end of the uh, at the end of the series season. Picard should yeah. have said, set a course for Deep Space Twelve, where we can turn Gerardi in, and then he should have said, engage. Uh, oh, not Gerardi making out with Rios. You didn't. You weren't happy with that. <laughs> Look, everybody's little happiness moment was fine. I, I, I don't know. So he finally uh, Sung Jr. there puts it together by uh, getting the optical thingamajiggy back, and of course, and sees that it's say Sutra that stabs Sage in the eyeball, thusly killing the android. Apparently, yeah. In one sense, yes. But in another, as you said, they are children. And until now, the only teachers that they've had are a couple of hermits and the fear of extermination. But fear is an incompetent teacher. Yes, they have life, but 
No one is teaching them what it's for. To be alive is a responsibility as well as a right. How are they supposed to learn that lesson in six minutes and 11 seconds? The way the children learn most things. By example. Now, let's see how closely I was watching Rios. What do you think of the buyback of He Can Fly the Ship now? I don't, uh, I don't know. It's just, the, you know, there's a lot of stuff in this episode, like the Riker showing up as captain, that it's just like, yeah, I'm happy. But it, there is such a pallor of it too little too late on <laughs> so, much, so much of this. <laughs> um, you know, I was happy to see him fly it. It's just it's been led into in such a fucking unsatisfying way and it's taken so long and frankly Gerardi keeps repeating what's the plan facing all these ships and he's like I'm busy flying the ship which again is more coy kind of tep tepid version of Empire Strikes Back kind of uh, you know comedic dialogue in an adventure moment mm -hmm. and it's like that's fine, except there is no plan. And this isn't satisfying that you've built up to this moment. And he doesn't really do anything with his flying abilities. Just because you tie it to the Picard maneuver in the most ham-handed way ever doesn't make this satisfying. Uh, yeah, I mean, Picard maneuver aside, I didn't even... Really didn't even register the Picard maneuver thing. Like... The car maneuver is what it is. It's a really cool thing. You go to warp real fast, and there appear to be two of you. I like that she corrected that he corrected her to say it was the stargazer. That's some fun fan service. Is it? <laughs> I, it was. I agree that it's fan service. I don't know if it's fun. Like the car, the a way to make it satisfying to me would have been having him actually do something new and clever to defeat them. No, 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 Andy. The magic screwdriver solves it. Yeah. The magic screwdriver is our answer to everything. Our liberators will be here nearly instantaneously. And then we'll be free. Watch them. Now, why Data Jr., Soong Jr., doesn't just show everyone the video? He has to go make this dramatic speech. It's beyond yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point. Why does he take... I guess... I guess it's to catch Sutra off guard, but it's still weird. Well, what do you need to catch her off guard for? You have a fucking remote in control in your pocket. I don't know. I guess because she's I wanted to return this. Although, uh, even if he was afraid of that, why even lift that out so she can see it? He also pulls she her really been able to far grab away. It in time. If Nerissa can kick a fucking gun out of, out of, uh, out of Seven's hand, when How Seven knows not to trust her, it seems like fight. Sutra would be able to knock this thing out of his hand with her super speed. How unsatisfying was that fight? So unsatisfying. I yeah. mean, I like the idea of it, and I like watching course. them. It should have been awesome. Yeah, and I like you know that that it was happening, but. It's like they take all this time to set up this shit 
And then they don't. And you can't tell me that's a budgetary issue. What? That it's like it wasn't a good enough fight scene. Like, if that was a budgetary issue, then fucking cut a million of the other things that you didn't need. <laughs> For sure. I mean, you could have, like, saved in, like... Like if you if you bought like sixteen less pimp pimp outfits for uh, Vegas Planet, <laughs> you probably could have uh, afforded a fight choreographer. Uh, that being said, I do want to before I forget say, and it go it's uh, it kind of goes without saying, but really beautiful art design and effects as always. Like I I know that you you weren't as on board with the Romulan ships. I think the Romulan ships really look really cool, and I don't know where uh, they came from. Where did 218, you're telling us in this, your, your premise for the series is that the Romulan Empire is in tatters. There's, there's factions all over the place. And you're also telling me that they've been able to build a new fleet of warbirds and in yeah. an instant can get 218 of them to rendezvous in the neutral zone. This is a really good point. Like, what are you doing? Te- fucking pick a lane yeah that is really that's that's the overarching statement about this series pick a lane <laughs> pick they, a space lane they don't pick, pick a wormhole a fucking warp corridor um At least Soji throws that bomb really high in the air. <laughs> yeah, how did they? That's what happens. That's what happens there. And then we have uh, Narissa and Seven in their little fight with a weird line. The oh. thing that's the most frustrating, independent of the fact that the fight scene itself was kind of lame, is she knows not to trust her. Yeah, you say you don't have weapons, I don't buy it. She finds weapons. It's like, you really think that she's not going to try and kick it out of your hand? It's such a lazy solution. Totally. Over the edge. Step away from On top of which, there could have been a tech solution that you would have bought if you set up with... Uh, oh, you think I'm going to trust you? And then she takes out one knife, and then Narissa has something else ready that, like, blinds her or some shit. Like uh, some salt. Ooh, or a miniature uh, transporter that that can transport devices out of the hands of your enemies. The same one that transported her into her hiding space, apparently? Yeah, it could have been that. Have you went a disgusting half-meat? Half-meat. You, if you weren't a disgusting half meat, <laughs> I'm gonna call you half meat from now on. As you should. Like I just, I don't know. I don't buy that this fight half lasts meat, that mat. long, and that What's seven that? of nine doesn't destroy her. That well, that's another aspect of it. I mean, I I don't know Romulan versus. Versus XB, who who strength wise is also. By the way, why this fucking Romulan ship, right? Why these two hundred and eighteen Romulan ships don't drop out of warp and immediately blow this planet out of the water is beyond me. Oh, also, side note: How are any of the humans 
not getting their skulls crushed by the synths when the, that battle starts. Which, or the Romulan, for w- that matter. Which battle? You mean when they're you mean fighting the around the? Huh, oh, when they're oh. fighting around Soji. I thought the same thing. But I also was like, maybe it's because they also aren't augmented like like, like Patrick Stewart's new body was. You know what I mean? Like they're not data powered? Yeah. Well, maybe. Which, again, uh, again it's not by established the way, in any way, established. We just have to guess. Yeah. A planet. Uh, the shot of them looking up and seeing all those uh, Romulan warbirds in the sky is cool, but they're so far in orbit of that planet. <laughs> there's no yeah. fucking world. That's in the atmosphere. You're not seeing that. Right. And then these the f- space flowers come up. I, I, I'm still unclear on space flower technology, Andy. Maybe you could help me out. Yeah, and to the to the point of uh, they have more. The, our hailer recently earlier, like why the space flowers? If you're going to build a defense system and your synths, why is that the only thing you build? I mean, are they supposed to be a peaceful bunch? Uh, unclear. Meanwhile, yeah. back on the board cube that just crashed into water and is never used again. Sad queen, Annika. Six years old, and all she got for her birthday was assimilated. She should have been able to land that punch. She deserved to land that punch, but she doesn't land yeah. four more punches. Yeah, I agree. That was very frustrating. Get it over with, because I still had this to live for. This is for you. By the way, they did the same thing they do with villains they want to bring back. Yeah. A.K.A. the Emperor. Just like, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> but you you're not going to the emperor. Her. No one wanted to bring the emperor back. No. <laughs> George Lucas made it very clear the emperor was dead and that yeah. Anakin had fulfilled the prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but he he falls down a shaft and then that that Death Star, nothing is left of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so these Romulans get through. Oh, this is what you were talking about, the secret plan. It's just so loud with the battle. I don't know. I'll play it anyway. Hard maneuver. Wait, no. No, that's actually a thing, isn't it? You made it look like the Enterprise was in two places at once. It was a stargazer, and it was a long time ago. It would be useless against so many enemy vessels. By the way, why she has knowledge of the Picard maneuver is beyond me. Yeah. Like, she didn't go to Starfleet Academy. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, like, I know some World War II things, some Civil War stuff, I guess. Maybe she's a student of that kind of thing, but it doesn't seem like she is. But also, by putting it in her hands to come up with it, it's one more thing. He flies. This is what you ask, like, was I happy to see him flying the ship again? I would have been if it did something, but he flies up. He doesn't really do anything. The orchids fight them, and then she comes up with the plan. Oh, I didn't mean were you happy seeing him fly a ship again. I meant were you happy with the buyback of when he sits down when they first get on that ship, 
Right. And he goes, I don't know how to use any of this. Right. And the answer is no, because it doesn't really gotcha. pay off. Yep. <laughs> so. Hmm. Bring bits of mirror to overwhelm the radar system. Uh, how the hell will we do that? If only we had some kind of wacky fundamental field replicator. By the way, she says, how will we know that? And then for no reason picks up the magic screwdriver. For no reason. Well, well, I guess she knows she knows what it does too. I guess she was there when Sutra gave it to them. I gotta watch that scene again. Saga gave Where it is to them. that scene? I have to uh, see that scene. It's really your atomic interface to fix somebody. I'm trying to remember who was it supposed to fix. I assume that Rios must have been saying, "I can't fly my ship," and then somebody gave it to him. Mm. I don't remember. of action and power down the beacon you know that's not going to happen i have something i want to give you and your people and i hope it will change your mind and what's that my life to guard out <laughs> what <laughs> I guess his plan is also, he just said, I have something to give you and your people. I don't know if it'll make a difference. It's my life. Oh, also Gerardi's life. She's on the ship with me. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know why. (laughs) She's a murderer. She's her life isn't worth it. The order here should have been target target the defenses. And then once we're through every remaining ship, full, full disruptors on the settlement should have been the order. Not sure. like, well, let's finish blowing these flowers out of the sky and then look, wait we don't for know how long Commodore O has been at a desk job, Matt. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I feel like the Jat Bosch are always like, they're going to like uh, conferences on how to stay uh, mentally fit during battle, etc. Target yeah. the abomination's nest. Again, Ready. brand new Romulan warbirds from a dis- Utopian Romulan Empire that has no centralized government. Yeah. What is that? Unknown vessel. Scanning now. Why would she care what that is? Just fucking fire your phasers on the planet. I don't know why I'm telling her how to do her job. It's a really it's a really good point about the the Romulan fleet here. Because at the end, when he's facing off when they're facing off with Riker, Riker basically interacts with them in a diplomatic fashion as though it's like no no go back to the romulan empire well yeah it's like I, what romulan empire but they do have <laughs> diplomatic relationships diplomatic relations because that's sort of how that's sort of like the way that's told to us i guess is with the reclamation site uh, yeah i guess now that we think about the reclamation site the reclamation site is representation of the romulan still being having some kind of centralized government and power but they always say they don't yeah that they were decimated by the by romulans being destroyed yes which was i just i don't know i don't know ignore it ready planetary sterilization pattern number five but why why are there so many not Plan- number five. Yeah. Why are there so many planetary sterilization numbers? <laughs> well, I assume that this is, this is what they've been waiting for their whole yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah. So. I know. But why pattern five? Why not pattern three? Or pattern one probably is the most deadly, unless it's like DEFCON. 
Maybe five is uh, is the one where there's a bunch of orchids in the atmosphere. Gotcha. Agnes, now! 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 So all these ships, all these fake La Serenas drop out of warp, and they, they, they still distract the Romulans. And the Romulans, by the way, start firing phasers at ships that aren't there. So these disruptors yeah. are just, they should be pummeling the planet. <laughs> they don't stop, right? They go through, wouldn't they? Yeah. And how, again, I just want to say how ridiculous it is that they saw that Soji looked up and saw the Romulan ships. Unless we were somehow looking in through android vision and she had magnified the eyes, but her forehead, her, 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 her the back of her head is in the shot, so no. <laughs> Ugh. So the ship goes uh, wacky doodle because it actually got hit. Uh huh. And then uh, activated the beacon. The beacon gets activated, Andy. It's very exciting because these tentacles come out. Yeah. At some point. Metal but, tentacles. But not before. It's a metal octopus. Speaking of tentacles, not before the tentacles of the Federation, who, by the way, have now so many ships available, and. All the same ship design. <laughs> it was a real, real copy paste. Yeah, that was a little disappointing. I kind of wanted it to be. That must have been a shortcut because I really oh, wanted no, to be different ships. Oh no, it was. It was a command. It was a copy paste. It had to be. Yeah. But I like the theme. I like the Star Trek theme playing. Sure. Uh, and I like seeing the ship, but but where it misses the point for me is that Star Trek was never about this. Right. Star Trek was never about Firepower. a fleet of warships. Yeah. And it, as much as it's I... Kind of, it's kind of telling that it's all the same ship because it was kind of... It's kind of inherently part of the attitude that it isn't this unified group of, like, Star Wars Empire-like... Star Destroyers. It's all a bunch of different ships with different kinds of crews. What, I know that's not built into the into the point, but it, it does create the iconography is slightly different. You know what I mean? No. It's like, well, when you're doing sort of Nazi propaganda, like part of the oh, reason right. that... It's all the that, same thing coming at you. Right, that Star Wars was, was such an effective sort of reenactment of, of Nazi propaganda and created this imp, imp, impact of it being uh, um, evil is these lines and lines of stormtroopers all dressed exactly yeah. the same, these Star Wars destroyers all looking the same. So they kind of do the same thing with Starfleet. Yeah. On it, top of which... It's very strange. I've never seen a fleet... I've never seen a fleet like this composed entirely of one starship design. I mean, maybe the Utopia Planitia disaster caused some kind of shortage slash redesign. I'm trying to explain it. Maybe there's a on top, graphic novel somewhere that'll help me with it. On top of which, the um, what I what I thought um, before sort of it's Riker. Yeah. Um, is like the Federation arrives, and I kind of thought of uh, I tried to find the clip from it, but I can't play clips anyway. Uh, you know, in Fletch, when um, it's at the end, and uh, Tim Matheson is pointing the gun at him, and then the correct right. 
police and he goes thank god it's the uh police the corrupt chief shows up that's kind of how i feel with the federation showing up is that it's like oh good it's the other people that destroyed all the synths and put a ban on them and and whose side is anyone on like but i will say the federation not wanted to stop the end of humanity and andy i think that was made clear last episode with the admiral I know, but it's I, just, for me that that was what that was shut the fuck up was all about. I know, and I know that a lot of people just, are interpreting it differently, but for me that's what it was, and I, I have to assume that was their intention. But but I guess here's another thing: is like, does the does the Federation not believe that the admonition is true? What do you mean? The Romulans believe the Romulans that the synths are, are going to open up a portal. Yes. And something's going to come out that's yes. going to destroy all organic life. Yes. And they know does this. The Federation they know this because of believe? Picard's report. Right. And does the Federation not believe it? Correct. Yeah. So when the Federation ships see this this fucking dimensional rift opening up, I think, do they not I think, think, oh, maybe we shouldn't... Uh, no, I think their general orders were to go to this planet and stop the Romulan Armada. Yeah. You don't need to know any more than that. It seems like they would have filled them in on the rest of the report, though. I don't think so. Why not? There's no need. All you have to say to them is, go to this planet. The Romulans are there. They want to blow it out of the sky. Captain Picard has asked for diplomatic relations to be open with this planet. Uh, yeah. He believes that there are uh, there is uh, intelligent life there. Uh we have a diplomatic claim to it. Defend this planet. There's 218 Romulan warbirds. Uh-huh. Yeah. By the way, okay. how great would it have been if Riker showed up and Jordy was at his ops station and Worf was at his con? I don't know. I think that would have been rushing it. What? Don't. That would have been great. <laughs> I mean, I would, I wouldn't have, not, I wouldn't have. Uh, no, I would have loved it. it. But I, I loved it. I, what I want is for them to take the time that they've wasted the last nine episodes and introduce moments like that. I'm very curious about this ship, though. Also, like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if warp signatures work quite like that. <laughs> like, I just, I've never. I always thought that each ship had its own warp bubble, right? I, I just don't know that you could put that many ships into warp ne- that close to each other. Oh, you would know better than me. I'm just... I don't know. But, they all, but I do like this design of the ship. It all looks very... It's very like this was... It looks a lot like the Sovereign class. Like it shares design there. Uh, you know, I like that there's tuna cells and, and, and impulse engines and they're all they all seem to be about a little bit bigger than Voyager they're here Admiral you did it General their flagship is hailing us Acting Captain Will Riker in command of the USS Zheng He and and it is my duty to inform you that the United Federation of Planets has designated Planet Julian 4 in the Vite Sector as under the protection of Starfleet. 
according to the terms of the Treaty of Algeron. Too late. Our claim to this world takes precedence. Move aside. Raytheon. I have a priority request to open diplomatic negotiations and protection for the inhabitants of Gurleon 4. General or Commodore, or whatever you're calling yourself, right now I'm on the bridge of the toughest, fastest, most powerful ship Starfleet has ever put into service. And I've got a fleet of them at my back. We've got our phasers locked on your warp cores. And nothing would make me happier than you giving me an excuse to kick your treacherous Talsiar ass. But instead, I'm going to ask you one time to stand down. General, your orders. Retarget weapon systems. Prepare to fight. I am so happy they didn't turn this into a giant space battle. Uh-huh. Riker's dialogue felt a little off to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I loved it just because I was so happy to see Frakes back in a uniform on a sure, on me a, too on a on the bridge of a ship in cannon. Yeah. Right, it made me so so joyously happy, Andy. I was just yeah. so over the moon about it. Agreed. Um, and that is yeah. Uh, I mean, it was. It's an amazing moment. It's a shame that it happened this way. <laughs> well, I mean, you had to wait for the uh, for the end, right? What do you mean? You had to, you had to, they could you couldn't you couldn't get that in the first episode. No one would watch past the first episode. They'd be like, "Oh, we already saw the thing we wanted to see. Thanks." No, I, I uh, concur with that. But if you had had them build to some giant battle that was building, and had him show up to save them in in then say the ninth episode and then in the tenth episode it's more interaction with Riker and they have to figure out other issues yeah that seems like that would have been more satisfying well I mean remember what we said last week where we were just like oh they have a lot of groundwork they have to cover in this next episode this is kind of what I'm saying is you know what it feels like it feels like they had this moment of like, yeah, and then Riker will come in and he'll save the day. He'll kind of Han Solo in and he'll save everything. And it's like they picked all these moments. And like you were saying, the speech at the end that turns everything around with Soji. Yeah. And then they just reverse engineered nine episodes. No. But they didn't fill up those episodes with interesting material. Yeah, they, they didn't reverse engineer those nine episodes. They just... I think they... It feels like almost what you're saying, but I would pitch that they actually were like, this is what we want to happen in the last episode. Riker shows up, blah, blah, blah. Uh They put that up on the board. And then they go, oh, shit. We got to write the rest of the show. All right. uh, We've got how many weeks? We got six weeks. Let's write it. And then everyone thought that the other person was incorporating the through lines to get to this point <laughs> and then when they all looked at each other's scripts they're like oh shit <laughs> oh, I was just writing a one-off about Rafi and her and her kid oh I was writing a one-off where Troy and Riker were sad on a planet oh I didn't realize you were going to end up with Jurati being a good person I had her murder a person in my episode oh well I but I was doing I did the Space Vegas episode <laughs> I love the Space Vegas episode. Right? Oh, that's a lot of fun. It's going to be great. 
Uh, weren't you working on the uh, Romulan Nun episode? Yeah, yeah, that was mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, should we connect these? Yeah, I think it all makes sense. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. Let's just go. And that is probably not far off from what actually happened. Yeah. Oh, boy. Side note. Uh, Inside baseball. <laughs> nice. Um, I do love, I love seeing Riker, captain of a ship, finally. Uh, I like him facing off with the Rymelins. It's not the most satisfying face off with the Rymelins that I could have imagined. Um, but uh, uh, just a question. Yeah. He seemed a little weird to me, and I couldn't tell why. And then I realized they were going to the shot that's basically the shot on the screen, and he's talking right to camera. So it's like they have the shot on the screen where he's talking to camera, and that makes sense. But then they cut to the actual camera, oh, I, and he's still talking right to camera. Look, I that's a that is a that is a half-assed redress of the Discovery set. I uh-huh. guarantee you that was shot in Toronto. Uh-huh. After they made their day on Discovery, they quickly turned the lights around. You know, put a red alert on, threw four extras in the background in you know future starfleet uniforms and frakes had his hair done after directing discovery all day and sat down in that chair and was like i'll do two sizes i'm looking right at the camera here we go so you're saying they just didn't have they weren't shooting more than that i didn't want to get a different angle i think they just didn't have time Uh, well that's given all the other things that they spent and the money they spent on and i i maintain amazing effects amazing design so all the board cube stuff, every, just everything is so beautiful. Every in episode this show. looks like eight hundred million dollars. So, but they, it's just like spend spend your money in the right place in the, on the story. Um, and then like Picard does that speech, and everybody's watching Picard give that speech. If that doesn't convince them, then they will have to answer to the Federation. The same Federation that banned us and threw us on the scrap heap. If we wanted to destroy you, Sochi, we would have joined forces with the Romulans. We would be training our phases on you right now. We aren't. We won't. You know why? Because we trust you to make the right choice. I trust you, Sochi. I know you. I believe in you. That's why I saved your lives. So this, you could say I don't understand the cutting to the, the Romulan lady about this. Like, when this is happening, cutting to her reaction, and like she's like almost emoting. It's very weird. In return, that's the whole point. That's why we're here. To save each other. And then this crazy thing opens up. So strange. And it's like, well, what? Well, well, now that thing knows that there's intelligent life on this side of the galaxy. We gotta get ready for that. Is this like fucking Maurice Hurley setting up the Borg in season two? I, it's a good. That's a really good question. Is the admonition the thing we're gonna be afraid of from now on? I mean, 
it's going to be that and Commodore O, I feel like is going to be the big bad for some reason. Beacon, what are your orders? Captain, it looks like the Romulans are standing down. Excellent decision. Stand out from red alert. Now prepare to be escorted out of Federation space. That won't be necessary. Really, it's no trouble at all. Everything going. Where are you escorting them? Uh, they're not even escorting them. They don't have to. Will, how the? When I heard you sent an SOS, I asked for temporary reassignment. Just because I didn't try to talk you out of it, didn't mean I was going to let you go it alone. I'm supposed to sit around in the woods making pizza while you have all the fun. Admiral Picard, I leave this situation in your capable hands. Thank Wait, I'm about to die. Always having my back. <laughs> I learned from the best. <laughs> I'm gonna die now. I got it from here. <laughs> I'm gonna die. See you around, you should friend. say goodbye. No, you won't. I'm gonna die. <laughs> you should hang around for at least an hour. See what happens. You should be my funeral. <laughs> so then we go to Picard Heaven, uh-huh. which is somehow in the consciousness of Data. Well, oh, I know how. Like that makes sense to me. Like if they beam him down and scan his brain, that same machine is going to be running both Data's consciousness and Picard's consciousness at the same time. Uh-huh. So that makes sense. I really like the scene, like, mostly between uh, Brent Spiner and um, Patrick Stewart. But uh-huh. I'm kind of, I'm a mad at it in a way. Because as a fan, you have to... Why make me sit through two deaths of data totally like I was emotionally invested in the character for many years and then in 2003 you killed the character right so did you do this because you didn't think he was killed well enough yeah on top of which I totally agree with everything you're saying and then on top of which you've hinted through this whole series that there was going to be some payoff and data's consciousness being in a simulation and then choosing to die within minutes is not a payoff. Well, it is also like the payoff to like how often suicide is brought up in this, in this series. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the theme and I think it, it is a reasonable end point for the Data character to have him say, the one thing I haven't experienced that humans experience yes. is mortality. I love it. I think And that's, that's great. great. That's a great theme. And that's really smart. I just don't know why we're doing it now. Like, we clearly, you know we wanted to see Data to have him be part of the plot, to have them, him interact with Picard in a meaningful way. And that's why you even brought ben, Brent Spiner back to play this non-data character so why are you just then in episode 10 killing him yeah I mean it's it just feels 
I don't know. I thought it was really sweet. And it was a nice sort of goodbye for Data. But I had already said my goodbyes to Data. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it. I think out of everything, and I, this whole last section where Riker appears and he saves Picard and then you have Data and you have the you know, you have this this theme and then he decides to die like and the speech with Picard, all that stuff is the is the closest they've been to the characters being the characters and the show being what uh, what it suggested nah, I, it should have been. I, I could see you saying that and 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 for the most part, but like the sort of the big crux of this whole thing is Picard's there to say to Data that he's sorry. I never. I'm sorry. I never said I loved you. Right. Right. Like, what is that? Yeah, that's a new point, and that's why it was so weird when he seemed to stumble on it in the earlier episode. Not <sighs> be out of place in a dream you might have about me. And why would you? If you I mean, if you're gonna bring him back next season. Why would you spend this time having him die here? Well, that's the thing, too. It's like because the series was already greenlit for two more seasons, you I had no emotional investment into Picard dying. And if you're not going to do a bigger turn with Sung Sun, if he really is, he's Sung Sun, and he's a little quirky. But is he someone else? Is he lore? Is he data? Is he an android? Is he not? Oh, is he evil? No, he's just Sung Sun. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. That's all you did? It's really wild. It is, I don't know. But I, again, part of this, I really like part of the scene. About me. I dream yeah, about I mean, it's very, it's very pleasing. And, and it's them being more themselves. And as I say, the theme is really smart. Although, you're right about the suicide thing. I wonder what they have been getting at the whole time. Is it just about mortality? But then what has that tie to suicide? Well, Data sh- chooses... I guess he does choose he to die. But that's because he it's would be immortal suicide. otherwise. What's that? That He only chooses to die because he would be immortal. It's slightly different than suicide. I mean, it's him choosing to end his life. He, because he would have no mortality otherwise. That's not what regular but suicide is. But Data always had this sort of finite... Like, he he had a... He was... He never knew whether or not he was immortal. Uh-huh. Like, Data didn't know whether or not he would run forever. Yeah. And then in season five and six, we find out something... Um... And then Data does go, oh, well, I am going to die. And this is great. This is good news. I feel like I'll be more human now. I see. Um, so they're sort of calling back to Arrow, that. part one and two. Anyone listening who's seen it. Um, and Data sort of has that discussion with Jordy. But then here in the simulation, he's back to possibly being immortal. Yes. But right. this conversation is with Jordy. And this conversation also feels like it should be Jordy and not Picard. Right. I'm just, I mean, this would be such a gratifying, weirdly more gratifying if it was LeVar Burton sitting across from Brent Spiner here. It's a really good point. Interesting. Are you wearing the clothes you had on when you died? I love that question. 
Data, am I dead? Yes, Captain. Do you remember dying? I think I do. Something in my head seemed to just go away, like a child's sandcastle collapsing. I'm aware that I was killed in 2,379, but I have no memory of my death. My consciousness exists in a massively complex quantum reconstruction made from a copy of the memories I downloaded into B4 just before I died. By the way, remember your copy of the memories that are in B4. So Data's consciousness is still in B4. So if they want to bring him back, they have no problem. There's a writing loophole right there. Oh, yeah. I assumed that it was like, I don't know, they had downloaded it and then they didn't have access to it. But of course they do have access they to do. it. They do. It's in a drawer. Girardi has the keys. Yes, I can't forget it. Apparently, I ended my existence in the hope of prolonging yours. That's right. Before I had even grasped the nature of our predicament, you had conceived and executed it. I was furious. My apologies, Captain. But I'm not certain I could have done otherwise. True. That might have been the most data thing you ever did. I've always wished that I could have said, I was sorry that it was you and not me. Captain, do you regret sacrificing your life for Soji and her people? Not for an instant. Then why would you imagine I regret sacrificing mine for yours? This is also confusing. Like, how does Data know what's going on right now? Yeah. And, like, know of Soji? Unless, I guess, maybe Picard and Data's consciousnesses have joined or something? Huh. Did you say all this was a simulation? Yes, sir. An extremely sophisticated one. My memory engrams were extracted from a single neuron salvaged by Bruce Maddox. And then my consciousness was reconstructed by my brother, Dr. Alton Sung. I don't much care for him. Mm. The Sungs can be, I believe the phrase is, an acquired taste. <laughs> well, Whatever this is, it's wonderful to see you, Data. To see your strange, beautiful face. Among the many, many things that's Strange, I... because it doesn't look quite like I remember, but it's pretty much there. The uncanny valley of Data. I <laughs> said after your death was that I never told you that you loved me. Weird that he still doesn't say it there. <laughs> That's what they're building the whole thing toward. Knowing it's so true. That's so funny. And Data gives him an out. You loved me. Forms a small but statistically significant part of my memories. I hope that brings you some comfort, sir. It does. Thank you, Data. Which is why I would like to ask you to do me a favor. Of course, anything. When you leave... Leave? <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't understand. I thought this was a simulation. Yes, sir. But you are not. Before your brain functions ceased, 
Dr. Sung and Gerardi, with help from Soji, were able to scan, map, and transfer a complete neural image of your brain substrates. He's got to go to the Admirals Club. Yes, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Did he leave a five-star review? <laughs> I hope so. I can't, ima- I can't yeah. imagine Picard would have given this particular podcast a five-star review. <laughs> you wanted me to do you a favor. Yes, sir. I love the way... I do when love leave, when he says, I would goodbye, be profoundly Commander. grateful if you terminated my consciousness. Goodbye, Captain. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. You want to die. Not exactly, sir. I want to live, however briefly, knowing that my life is finite. Mortality gives meaning to human life, Captain. Peace, love, friendship. These are precious because we know cannot endure. Butterfly that lives forever. It's really not a butterfly at all. No, Daddy, it's an immortal butterfly. Very well. (laughs) I will do what you ask. Thank you, sir. Goodbye, Commander. Goodbye, Captain. Nice. I really like that bit of it. But, you know, like we suspected, he ends up in this uh, new body, which is his old body, Mm. but new. Am I real? Of course you are. They kind of write it off as like, well, we knew you wouldn't really want to be you know live another hundred years yes and you wouldn't want superpowers and then he makes kind of a joke like i could have used another 10 (laughs) but it's like wouldn't wouldn't you want to be young and healthy and (laughs) and have another hundred years i don't know that he seems like he has so many regrets i don't know that jean-luc picard would want that Patrick yeah, Stewart I can would. accept the reasoning either way. But he also did like being young and in command and going into space and shit. Yeah. Body, same face. Ah, I see. Everything is new, though. Everything works. And the brain abnormality is gone. For good. Extraordinary. Does he have to go to a doctor now? Like, what is the deal? Y- you... I- I guess he you just stands not sleeping the same oh, way that David did. <laughs> Everyone was paying attention. We took care of you. We designed a cellular homeostasis algorithm that should give you more or less the same number of years you would have expected without the brain condition. I wouldn't have minded. Another 10? 20? 
Well, Dr. Sung. There is a subtle change in Patrick Stewart's performance here, which I like. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, More sprightly. Yeah, a little bit more sharp. Yeah, I... I guess we'll tune in next year to see Picard that we wanted to see. I have a promise to keep. It's just, I just, I, I've really been thinking a lot about Twin Peaks, the return uh-huh. also. Yeah. Was that and satisfying do, to you? Uh, huh? Was that satisfying to you? I mean, I, you know, David Lynch stuff is always, if you go in just looking for David Lynch artistry, then it's beautiful. Yeah. But it, they do the same thing with the Agent Cooper character. Um, they, as they do with the Picard character, which is the whole time you're just waiting for him to be Agent Cooper. Yeah. And then he finally is Agent Cooper. And I will say, when they finally have him be Agent Cooper, it's much more satisfying than the Picard we get. Like, he is fucking... Because you get more than he's one... Agent Cooper in, in, you know, in spades. Yeah. But it's just like, why? Like, I understand why David Lynch is doing it, because he's David Lynch. And he's like, I'm doing, I'm following my art project. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's beautiful and, and artistic and insanely frustrating. But why are they doing it? Because they also watch David Lynch and like him? No. I, they think they're giving us what we want. I, I will say. Or they don't care. I'd like to say about Data's death scene. I, it got me emotionally, like watching him happily sip wine, listening to... Issa Briones singing Blue Skies. Yeah. Um, and then aging and Picard being there and him like getting himself ready for death. It really like sort of, it did, it hit whatever human part of me is still left. Looking at the human race. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying and it got me too. I, I'm being, I'm being a brat and I'm saying all these things. It was very moving and sweet and an appropriate send-off to Data. Yeah, I just don't understand I, why I we're just wish we had off. had that the first time. Maybe, I, like, in... Or if we're not going to, let's have more Data. Yes. Send corruption. I like this little mini-funeral eulogy. He could still see kindness, the immense curiosity, and greatness of spirit. And he wanted more than anything else to be part of that, to be a part of the human family. I, lo- I really like Patrick Stewart in the Picard TNG uniform holding his hand, and then they disappear. Yeah, it's really nice. nice. Should we now discuss everybody's weird happy endings? Please. All right. So let's run down the list here. That is that is Soji, by the way, singing. Um, oh, hey, great voice. She does. So we have Agnes and uh, and uh, Rios. Uh, they love each other, apparently. All right. I think they're doing a spinoff, yeah. Rios and the Murderer. Then we have. Uh, uh, Rafi and Seven of Nine holding hands uh-huh. playing this weird Vulcan game that Seven of Nine was good at and beat Tuvok at. Oh, is that what that is? Yep. Oh, okay, that's that's interesting. Okay. I don't remember that part. Uh, 
then we get Pat, Captain Picard uh, gingerly walking out in his new in his same new old jacket. Uh huh. Then we have Elnor happily uh, sitting next to Gerardi. And uh, Seven of Nine takes the uh, op station. And they're off on some adventure I don't care about. You have endured so much. And tried. I'll say the, um, so the interaction far. between Rios and, uh, and Seven. <coughs> oh, yeah. Weren't you like, that should be the show? Those two, yeah, definitely. S- those two solving crimes? For sure. But I will say the dialogue in that scene where he says, like, said I would never do it again, and then I fucking did it again. And she goes, same. And he says, never again do what? And then she says, so many things, so many things. But in this instance, never again kill somebody just because it's what they deserve, just because it feels wrong for them to still be alive. Yep. Seems like a big buyback. We had that letter, that hail that that suggested they, they'd sort of betrayed the Seven character. It seems like a buyback of that, which I appreciate, but it's also weird. Well, it's, also... She just she just did it again. Like, she swore she'd never she do it just again, did it. three days later... Did it before, it and then did it again. And then also, why start that whole dialogue interaction with, I said I would never do it again, and then I fucking did it again, and not follow, whoa, yeah, what are you saying? It's like, same. And then he doesn't understand what she's saying. Then you follow what she's saying. Then you circle back to... Whoa, yeah, what was your thing? No, never again. Uh, let another self right to Starfleet. It's a little you know, clumsy, Captain. but I got what I got. What Rios was saying. No, I understand the points in the scene. I'm just saying. No, no, I meant it's evidence. without without having. He never had to finish his thought. Like I knew what he was saying. Like I, I knew what he was saying too. Yeah. I guess I'm saying why structure the dialogue that right. way? Right. They never, honestly, never had to circle back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or, or just have him say his thing and then have her say her thing. <laughs> yeah, but that it's, wouldn't be cool or hard to not, follow. It's not elegant, I guess, is my point. <laughs> I know, buddy. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean for the show to be inelegant. But I do. Yeah. What'd you do, Matt? But I do like. Fine. They're great actors, and I agree with you. I would fucking watch that show. Yeah. Be home. As long, no. as, they, as long as they pay for a fight choreographer. You leave it all no. behind. I think I'm just more cut up for wandering. And now that they've lifted the ban on synthetics, I'm free to travel. <laughs> Me too. He, uh... Do you think he's like, uh... Did you keep my robot heart from my old body? Or did you just leave me with this weird organic heart it's also unclear I, I I don't know the fact that that one android died from being stabbed in the eye by a brooch <laughs> that's your that's still, your hang up point still hangs me up for some reason <laughs> I can't even get over it I don't know what if there was a post credit sequence with Captain Crandall I would fucking love that is there <laughs> he's waiting by his his, uh, pretty, his communicator. Pretty soon, I'm Hello. gonna be in the story. They're gonna be calling pretty me any second. Soon, I'll be in the story. Okay, here we go. Pretty <laughs> soon, story. Here I come. Am story. I'm right here. Oh, it's tapping his communicator. No, no, don't working? end. Don't end. There's still stuff for me to do. Huh? There you go. Star Trek Picard, everybody. 
everybody's it. favorite we got show. Through it. We'll be going back to. I'm sure you're all delighted. TNG. Um, we're going to be trying to get him out for as long as this uh, this insanity lasts, um, and and hopefully even if it when it completes. Let's be optimistic. Um, once a week, we'll be getting you TNGs. Uh, that's it, Matt. <laughs> so it's gonna play the NBC thing, and you went into a, you ended the show before the show ended. No, I just wanted to get that out because I had a feeling oh, both of us, know. both of us would forget. <laughs> yeah, but they'd see it in the feed immediately. You know. Yeah, like when people, the, when they the, feel the next TNG episode comes out, Power Play, they'll look at their phone and go, "Oh, oh, they're you back." You don't you don't have as much direct contact with these folks as I do. I feel their That's attention very when true. they don't know when the next thing I is don't. happening. And uh, again, I wished uh, for this uh, with a mischievous genie who gave me what I wanted, but it was more than I bargained for. Yeah. That's the back of the VHS tape about this. <laughs> that's what it says yeah for for big gave him everything he wanted for everything he wanted but it was more than he bargained for all right well it's the mvc yeah the mvc only matt and andy know who it's gonna be will it be data Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher, if you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. Oh boy, Andy, who's the MVC of this episode of Picard? Um, I mean, certainly there's an argument for it to be Picard. It seems He's like it convinces Ger- Soji it's, to not it's kill everybody. You could say it's Soji. Soji's the one who decides not to kill everybody. Technically, yeah, it could be Will Riker. Could be could Ger- be Will Riker riding at the last minute. Could be Agnes Gerardi using the magical device to create magic and also put Picard's head in a in a fake body. That's true. Although that doesn't save anybody except Picard. Yeah, and the show is called Star Trek Picard. Yeah. Although she does, she does bust Picard out. Yes. She, this is the first episode where anybody has done anything. <laughs> yes, but I will say the only—I mean, Picard makes a speech. Sure, I know. Which is very Picard, um, and ultimately his speech does convince Soji to not. Yeah. Let the tentacle lady person android thing monster uh dr yeah, octopus I feel like what if it was just dr octopus a <laughs> giant dr octopus it was just do- oh, well, it was doc this guy's easy to do you only got to do is get spider-man yeah. this you don't have yeah. to we don't really we were really worried about this for a long time the beacon went off i'm told spider-man's here <laughs> what no we're androids what we're spider-man Damn you, web slinger! <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so I actually, I'm going to go ahead and say, believe it or not, I'm going to say it's uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, it's got to be Picard. He convinces Soji to shut that shit down. 
and he's such good friends with Will Riker that Will Riker shows up in a captain's uniform. It's true. I wish he didn't say acting captain. I wish he just said Captain William Riker. We know he's acting. It'd be funny if the, if the actual captain was standing behind him waiting to get his chair back. <laughs> get out of here, Crandall. Yeah. It's my shot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's got a ship. The ship Poor had a name. Crandall. The ship had a name. And, the- like, we're told of Crandall's adventures. He's been everywhere from Kronos to the Tizon Rift or Tycon, whatever the hell the Rift was. A lot like of time we're told on that we're told the name of his ship. We're told he. I, it's crazy to me that we don't see this Crandall. I kind of almost feel like it's as though we have already seen Crandall's series. Yeah, and they're they're giving us fan service by referring to it. Right, him, except it's a, he doesn't exist yet. But it's like it's a TV show. Don't put red herrings in. Yeah, it's not a book. Why would a book be acceptable to put red herrings in? Because it's like a fun literary exercise, but not in television. I don't find it fun in any situation. I don't like red herrings. Red herrings irritate me. Well. And also they're sloppy. They are sloppy. It feels like it's not fully realized or, or, or you're not looking at the whole picture. It proves nothing. Like, you can make the point that in life there are red herrings. Okay, that's fine. You made your point once. You don't need to ever do it again. Putting it in a thing and having it be like, like, but what's this? The answer is it's nothing. That proves nothing. Stupid people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that being said, here we go. We sit and watch and then we hang and talk. But the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andy's does this episode get? Do you want to go first or second? Uh, I can go first. It's fine. Okay. Uh, I give this episode of Picard a 7.5 uh-huh. as far as an episode of something is concerned. Uh-huh. Really just uh, things I liked. I liked quite a bit. I liked uh, Riker. I liked uh-huh. Data. I liked Picard. I liked all the things from TNG, apparently. I thought Data's uh, real death scene, I thought, was very very moving and, and lovely. And I really liked how it was done. Uh, Riker, I was just so happy to see him that I ignored the fact that he broadcasts to every Federation ship with him that he wants to kick Tal Shiar ass. <laughs> Um, and um, I really I liked uh, I liked seeing Patrick Stewart sort of uh, make a speech at the end I, I liked I liked very much Andy that it ended with speeches and not fights yep that was something I actually asked for and and I'm very happy I got it yeah I I concur with everything you said. Uh, I really think it's also a beautiful episode design-wise, as I've said. I love the effects. Um, the fucking Narek plot sort of trails off into nothing. Completely. Where does he go? The, the Narissa plot trails off, basically. I mean, they, I understand that Seven or Nine kills her, but it's still just like, seems like an awful lot of time spent on screen to end in that weird fight where she just kicks her into a oh for sure honestly for sure she was beamed into something else um 
So that's weird. You never really do anything with the Borg cube. But, uh, and all these characters are clearly just, it's a long time setting them up for season two. And it's like, I didn't really feel like I was satisfied by season one. That being said, we're not talking about the whole season. Although I will say this. Yeah. I really wonder what people's opinions are now that we've reached the end of this this season. Because the argument has been to us the whole time. Well, you can't judge it episode per episode. You have to see where it lands. Yeah. Like, do you feel like now where it's landed, folks, that that everything has been explained, that why there was so little movement and Picard wasn't really adding up in the prior episodes? Because I don't. Um, that being said, if we're judging this episode, so delightful to see Riker in the captain's chair and riding in at the last minute. Uh, on your left. On your left. I am the Jedi. <laughs> I love uh, I love the scene with Data and, and Picard. It's so moving and sweet. Love the, the Data death, even though I don't think there's any reason for him to have died in this episode. Correct. Um, and uh, and it's really satisfying. So I'm really, there's a lot of gabbing to, uh, to land it pretty much the same thing, which is 7.5. <laughs> That was a lot of Gavin to get there. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's your summation. Uh, do you want to talk about the series as a whole? Sure. Uh, I was waiting for it. You know, waiting waiting to have it all in front of me so I could uh, take a look at yeah, the whole thing. It's been the biggest critique of us. And I think even you for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been more on the side of like I don't I accept that you can't judge the the season or the series I, I'm gonna say season because once you get into series it's like oh, fuck you yeah um but like I, I accept British? that you can't judge the season as a whole until you see the season yeah. but I don't think that I do not accept the lost argument that it's like yeah but at the end it'll make sense it's like that's fine but every episode has to be entertaining and. And, and and gripping on its own. Yeah. I don't accept that this will be gripping in retrospect. Yeah. And like now that we've seen Riker, now that we've seen Troy, now that we've seen the Easter eggs, like what if do, do, if I were to go back and revisit this, what would I enjoy it anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think I would feel very similar to how I felt all the way through. There's a few, I think of anything, there's a few I would high be way more impatient next time. What's up? I think of anything, I would be way more impatient next time. Yeah, yeah. If I were to rewatch, that'd be interesting to do in like a year. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like the whole the season series as a whole, or season one as a whole, I would, I would say it's. I mean, average out all of our ratings, and that's probably exactly what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, which is probably gonna be pretty was low, like, right? There were some twos, there were some eights, there was some sevens given out, sixes, fives. Have we given out sevens? Uh, I uh, we just gave a seven and a half. We did. I just didn't know before that. I feel like we were. Oh, been, I, don't I don't know. know. We should have been low. If we haven't been that low, it's been we've been very generous. Because in retrospect, I feel like it's even less going on than we were saying. Well, I mean, possible. we were benefit of the doubt, you know. Yeah. They were going to pay off a lot of things and, and all right. that stuff. And I, 
kept convincing myself that uh, they wouldn't, and I, sh I was right. But anyway, I don't know. Ultimately, it was great to see Picard again. It was great to... Picard again. Yep, it was great to also... <sighs> Look, I'm happy. They, they have more Star Trek on the air. You know, that's a win. I'll take it. Interesting. So your your take is that you would like more and more Star Trek to be made, even if it's a varying degrees of quality. Yes, because it it will ensure that we continue to have things to talk about on the podcast <laughs> so that all of our listeners can be satisfied with as much content as possible. <laughs> all right. It doesn't seem to be a danger of them running out. And also, like, you think about the years 2005 to 2009 when there was no Star Trek whatsoever. Uh-huh. It was a dark time, Andy. There was a there was a it's global fair. financial collapse there. You know, the recession happened. Yeah. It was tough. Yeah. And I think if Star Trek was on, maybe it wouldn't have happened like that. It's an interesting question if we are heading into a similarly troubled time as we seem to be already um whether it will be an even more appropriate time for star trek to burgeon once again i will just say this i fucking love star trek okay and i'm happy yeah. that it's on and i look forward to season two of picard because I think it'll be different. Right. We don't have to set up every character. You know, it's like season one of TNG was like, blech. Yep. You know? And two. Season two had some good episodes, though. Had some really good high watermarks. Yeah, that's fair. Q-Who, Measure of a Man. Is that season two? Yes. Oh, wow. I stand corrected. Um, you know, it's all, it's there. It's there. Anyway, long story short, like what you like. I'm sorry if we're too negative about things. <laughs> but I got to be honest with you. We're right most of the time. And if you think we're not right, that's also okay. You can write <laughs> in and tell Andy all about it. But this is a less inspiring me. speech than last week. What's up? <laughs> This is a less inspiring speech than last week. Well, well, did I? I was inspiring last week. <laughs> yeah, you gave. I, 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 oh, maybe it was on one of the Patreons. I, I, uh, I, um, I provoked you to give a captain speech. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I don't even remember. We do so many episodes of things at this point. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, this is their. Th I think this will be their, their third episode in seven days. This will be great for everybody out yeah. there in the world who listens to this podcast other people not so much they don't care no. anyway andy a pleasure as always right back japel uh picard you've you've you, you you happened you did it congratulations picard congratulations star trek picard you aired <laughs> Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. 
And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President's Circle for $17.01 per month.